Hello, everybody. Welcome back to True Patriot Ministries. I'm Chris Holgrimson. Thank you for joining me today. Now, if you haven't been to our website, I would recommend going going over and taking a visit. It is truepatriotministries.org. Let me get this moved around a little bit. There we go. And here you see the homepage of the website. I'm going to use this as an example today. And so I want to go over to our podcast page. This is where you'll find the audio podcasts. It'll stay updated. I do have a video page that you can go to and you can see the latest video that I have actually uploaded and posted. Uh, we have the blog page. This will be where you find all the notes and we will return here in just a moment. We also have a giving page where you can give via PayPal if you want to. We have Reach Out. This is a great page. I'm glad I can show this to you at this time. So we have the Veterans Crisis Line, Suicide Prevention, and some more information for veterans. I'm a veteran, so to me it's important to make sure that information is readily available. We have Neighborhood, which I like a lot. This is where you can go in and you can find things like Faith School, Believers Academy, Founders Bible, you can go over to Rama, to Wall Builders, uh, Realms of Glory. You can go to uh, the Victory Channel. I've got a short right here, shortcut right here on the website uh, to make it very simple for you to be able to get into the Victory Channel. A couple of digital Bible apps that, and these are my two favorite. I really like the Takata more, and then a couple of stores where I do tend to buy a lot of our materials, which is Mardell's. And then uh, the Christian bookstore. And those links are live all the time. So you can go in there anytime you want. And if you see something that you'd like to have added, let me know. Just go right here to the contact page. We'll let that load. And you can fill out the information. Send me your message. It'll show up. At the bottom is the email address. If you would rather do an email, that'll come to me also. So today, let me get back over to the blog page here. Today we're talking about love your enemy. And so we are going to start in Luke chapter 6, verses 27, 28. And it reads, but I, and this is Jesus speaking, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. And pray for those who despitefully use you. Now, this may sound like it's a challenge to do, which, I mean, in this world, it can be. It really can be. It's, it's, how do I want to say this? There are so many things coming at us. I'm using a lot of technology just here in this video, right? So there's a lot of things that come at us. Uh, 24-7. The news doesn't stop. Every news channel out there has an app and it comes in all the time. Even if they're changing just a few words and then putting it back out, it seems like they do that to keep it current and keep it at the top of the, the queue, so to speak. And so we have so much information coming to us. And it's not always good. I mean, there's a lot of information that we receive that is negative. It doesn't fit in with our morals and our values. It doesn't fit in with our beliefs as Christians. And so it's, it's important to limit and restrict these things because what will happen, like Jesus says right here, he says, I say to you, love your enemies, 
Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. This, depending on how much negative information you're receiving, could be a long list of people or it could be a short list. Um, but if we are not walking in love, and this is what I wanted to get into, if we're not walking in love, we're going to see the person as the enemy. And we're going to hate the person. And then we're going to attempt, and this is just human nature, we're going to attempt to get others to hate this person too, because we don't want to be the only one, right? I mean, if we're the only one that doesn't like somebody, then maybe we're wrong. And so we always want to get more people involved in this. Um, now, it could be said this way also. When I see only the person, I miss the true enemy. When I hate the person, I walk in destruction. And when I walk in destruction, I persuade others to walk in destruction with me. Now, let me, let me cover some verses here real quick in 1 John, and then I'll go back up, and I want to expand a little bit on these two things. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 11, But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. In 1 John 3.15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. 1 John 4, chapter 20, or verse 20, excuse me. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For whoever does not love his brother whom he is seeing, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And these are all excellent verses, and, and they support what I was talking about uh, when we get, get over into hate and these kinds of things. So when we go back up here and we look at this and, and we say, okay, we see the person as the enemy. What we have to watch out for is that person is truly not the enemy. you got to remember, God loves everybody. Now, he doesn't love the sin, and we'll get into that a little bit later on, but he loves all people. Because we are all his creation. And that is a driving force with the Father. Now, he doesn't have direct communication with a lot of us because we have, um, we, we've allowed sin or we haven't been saved and we've allowed sin to come in between us, right? And it's a barrier between God and us. And, and we'll walk through, uh, Salvation and the Holy Spirit and that kind of stuff here in just a little bit. But so if we are not looking at the sin and seeing the sin, then what we do is we look at the person and we make that person the enemy. And we get into trouble because if you go down to those first John verses, we see that anybody who hates his brother you know, is in darkness. They walk in darkness. They're considered a murderer. Uh, they don't love God. These are these are the things that that says about them. And so if we know that we're born again believers and we know that we love God and we're getting irritated and angry because uh, maybe there's somebody that we just, their behavior really, really gets to us and, and we just see them and, and the hair on the back of your neck will stand up and, and you get irritated and annoyed and, you know, you just, you want to come off the handle and, and say things that you shouldn't say. And so 
what we have to do is we have to stop and we have to stop and look at the sin. What is it that that is really behind this driving force? There are quite a few people, especially in politics, that I will have to stop myself and 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 pray over them because what the devil wants me to do is to jump in there and allow him access so that I can speak over those people things that don't need to be spoken. He wants me to get over into hating the person. And when I look at the person and I see the person as the enemy, what I'm doing is allowing the devil access to get in there. And he's going to twist and pervert my emotions into something uh, corrupted that, that's going to damage me uh, a lot more than it will damage the other person. That's why unforgiveness is so damaging, right? Because you you just... It's more toxic for you than it is for them. But what I want you to see is, is we can change the way we look at this. Okay. So let's look at the sin. Let's take, um, okay, let's, here's a good one. Let's take a doctor who does abortions. The abortion is a sin. Now, do we hate the doctor or do we hate the sin? A lot of times it's really easy for us to allow the devil in there to get us hating the person versus hating the sin. We have to be cautious because God still loves this person. God still looks at that person and and goes, okay, wait a minute, that's my creation. I still love him or her, either one. And so we have to look at that and go, okay, I am going to condemn the sin So I recognize who the true enemy is. The true enemy is the devil who comes in there with his sin and with his death, right? And so I need to be rebuking that sin and rebuking that, the devil, excuse me. But I need to be praying over that person. What Jesus tell us, he would that none be lost. And and God would that none be lost. And so when we get in that situation, we want to try to uh, restrain ourselves. And, and we, can, we can look at it and we uh, abortion kills. That is, is the sin. Murder is sin. Uh, you can't get around it. Adultery is sin. You can't get around that. All of these sins that are out there, and, and, but we have a choice uh, to participate or not participate. Okay, as people. Now, so like I said, what we would do is we would we would say, Lord, for <laughs> forgive us for sinning against you, whatever that sin is. Um, if it's not ours, if it's somebody else, we can just say, Lord, have mercy on them. Forgive them. They they just don't get what they're doing. They don't understand. Jesus said that. And uh, Stephen said that. Many people have said that when they were in the in the in the realm of, of dying, right? They were in that area where uh, they were being stoned or crucified or just murdered. And so we we need to forgive the person, ask for forgiveness, ask for mercy. 
then we need to pray over that person because what we need to do is get that person into a position where he or she starts getting a check in their heart every time they're doing this sin. Okay. So we're not praying against somebody. We're praying for them because we want the blessing of God on them. We want God's mercy on them. We want God's grace, his favor, his love wrapped up in their hearts. And so we want them to have eyes that see and ears that hear and, and a heart, not of stone, but of flesh, a heart fully prepared to receive the word of God. And so we need to get in there and pray for these people. And, and that will help. I mean, it, it, for, you know what? For some people, it may be instantaneous. Abby Johnson has a heck of a story and a heck of a witness. If you haven't seen the movie Unplanned um, or seen Abby Johnson speak in person, I recommend it. Either one of those is good or both. And uh, it, it's that's what God's grace will do. God's grace will take somebody who is in the throes of this and, and open their eyes and open their heart up and turn them away, help them to turn away from what's going on. And I just use abortion because it's so easy uh, and so prevalent. And glory to God, we have so many young people who are pro-life. The majority, from all the polls that keep coming out, the majority of young people, 20s, 30s, they, they believe in pro-life. They believe abortion is not something that they want uh, or care to have. It's just, it's amoral. And, and they believe that. And it's such a good thing. So let's move on down just a little bit. So I kind of covered that. And, and that's why we want to make sure that we are walking in love. And when we're walking in love, we're going to see the sin as the enemy and we're going to see the person. Okay, the person is a victim. We want to try to rescue that victim, uh, so to speak, through God, not through us. Okay, look, guys, we're imperfect. We 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 can't go out there and and heal and save people, but we can go out there and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us because the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God, they are the ones who are going to do the healings. They're the ones that are going to change people. They're the ones that are going to, to make a difference. But we're the vessel that allows that to speak or work through us. I hope that makes sense. So let's look here. I want to cover Jesus and his commandments under the new covenant. So let's look at Mark chapter 12, and we're going to go to verse 28 through 31. And it reads, One of the scribes came and heard them reasoning together, perceiving that Jesus had answered them well. He asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Okay, this is good. Right here in these two uh in these handful of verses right here, he's given us the two commandments that come with the new covenant. And we need to remember that. 
And remember, Jesus didn't come to eliminate the law. He came, he came to fulfill the law. This is how he fulfilled the law, through love. Okay, because if you're walking in love, you're not going to break a law. You're not going to sin. Now, in the next set of verses, Jesus tells us of the Holy Spirit. So in John chapter 14, and we're going to go 23 through 27, it says, Jesus answered him, If a man loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. The word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I am still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave, leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now let's unpack this a little bit. There's a lot here. First he's saying, if a man loves me, you'll keep my word. Okay, so we got to know the word, right? At least be able to find it. So if you have a, a question or a doubt, something in your in your life that you you want to make a decision on and you're not sure, am I looking at this biblically or not? Go to the word of God. You'll find it. It's in there. So keep his word. Now, it says, my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Okay, and this is the Holy Spirit's going to come in and indwell you. And through the Holy Spirit, we have direct connection to Jesus, and we have, through Jesus, direct connection to God. All right? So we do have a bit of a chain of command there, and and uh, but there is nothing that impedes us in this chain of command. Absolutely nothing. And, and that's beautiful. So um, he's telling us here, too, the word which you hear is not mine, it's the Father's. So even Jesus had the Holy Spirit in him, the Spirit of God in him, and that's where the communication with God the Father came through. So whatever he heard him speak, he spoke. Whatever he saw him do, he did. And, and so we need to remember that. And then he says, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, this same Holy Spirit that Jesus had, he's sending to us. So when we receive Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. And, and let's move into this because I want to show you this here real quick. It, to me, this is important. we got to cover this. So how to receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So if you go to Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God will call. All right. Repent and be baptized. So we need to repent. Repent is just a mental decision. If you go back and you listen to Becoming, I've got an audio series uh, podcast, Becoming, the audio series. I cover this because it is all about uh, the milk. Knowing what the milk is, getting that foundation settled in you nice and solid, 
so that you can move on to solid food. And I cover that in there, but repentance is simply the mental decision to turn away from the sin that you're in and turn to God. And when you make that decision, now you can go in and you can go, okay. The next is Romans 10, 9 through 13. You'll go in and you'll say that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be ashamed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is generous to all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, there is absolutely no discrimination in this. I want you to see that. First, he's telling you, you make a, conf a confession with your mouth and you believe in your heart. So you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Receive him in your heart. You confess him. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And when we look at this and we see that even God, God does not discriminate, whether it's Jew or Greek. It, it doesn't matter. And don't get caught up with don't get caught up with the fact that he only used Jew and Greek, okay? It, you could substitute anything in there, anything whatsoever. Uh, it doesn't matter. You can do skin color, eye color, hair color. It, it doesn't matter because look at this. It goes on to say, for the same Lord overall, okay? We only have one God. He's over all of us. The same Lord overall is generous to all who call upon him. So what is the qualifying factor at this point? It's to those who call upon him. So what's important? Repent. We turn away. We make that mental decision. We turn away from our sin. We turn to God. We receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. God hears us because we're calling on God. Okay, so we have called upon him. That's the only qualification in there. Uh, for for that, we can, you can't play the race card. You can't play uh, the ethnicity card. You can't play uh, hearing uh, versus deaf or or seeing versus blind. No, one God, and He says, "Look, this is what qualifies you when you call upon Me, the one true God. I am immediately there on the spot to receive you." All right. So Romans 5, 5, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So two things here, he's, he's confirming the Holy Spirit is given to us. But the second thing I want you to get, so that love we talked about with the love walk up top, okay, he's hitting it right here. That love is the agape love and we receive it when we receive the Holy Spirit. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. No requirement. You can't qualify for it other than you have called upon the Lord. You've received Jesus Christ. You've repented. It, it, it doesn't matter what your social status is, what your financial status is. Um, you could be on your deathbed. It, it does simply not matter. 
if you go back, and I don't have the scripture here right there, right now in front of me, but go back and look at Jesus on the cross, and, and he had the criminals on either side of him, and just, glory to God, the one criminal scoffed him, but the other criminal turned to him and said, Lord, forgive me. Don't leave me here on this cross. Take me with you. And, and it, that was it. That was this is so simple. We don't have to complicate it. We don't, we don't trust me. You get Lord out and he's there. He's ready. He's waiting. He, he wants to receive you into his arms. So we don't want to forget this. And that, that love of God, that agape love, that is ours when the Holy Spirit comes in and dwell us. And, and that's so good. So when we walk in love, <laughs> if we're around somebody who annoys us, irritates us, makes us mad, uh, maybe we're having a bad day and we're grumpy, whatever it is, we can turn to the Holy Spirit. We can say, Holy Spirit, help me through this. Okay? I know God's word says, be angry, but sin not. I don't want to sin. Help me. Okay? And, and, and then listen. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you just need to uh, shut your mouth long enough to hear. And he can flip a switch in your heart so quick. And what will happen is, is uh, well, here, I'm going to give you a perfect example. And, and this is a personal example. There was an issue, uh, a particular person I saw on the cover of a book and, and, uh, this, this man's behavior, this, this man's uh, sinful nature uh, truly rubs me the wrong way. And it's easy to get caught up in looking at the man and going, mm, what do I say to this guy? What do I say about this guy that, that won't grieve the Holy Spirit, that won't make God mad? Because... You know, in the natural, we still, we still have natural emotions. We still have those natural uh, cravings, but we have to control them through the spirit. And so I immediately went into uh, prayer, prayer over me, prayer over the person, because I'll be honest, when I see this person and, and everything that this person has done, in the last decade, it just, it, it was all so amoral and so destructive in this world that it, it especially against God. And this man's not a Christian. Um, I, I don't, yeah, he's not Christian. I'll say that. But his behavior, his sinful nature, it just, it rubs me the wrong way because everything he did went against God. And, and I'll tell you this, when you love God, you're going to find that these emotions are going to come up inside you because you're going to start sensing what hurts God, what bothers him. And we have to remember that. It, it, if God can love, he can hurt, right? Emotionally. And so we have to pay attention to that too. And we're going to sense that. That doesn't mean we act on it. 
Okay. There was an issue here recently, and I'm going to dive into this real quick, and then I'm going to jump right back out of it, where a young man uh, went into three establishments, and he shot, uh, shot and killed several people. And it's, it's come to pass that the reason that this happened, according, according to uh, publications, it, it was stated that it was because these places represented the sin, the temptation that he was struggling with and the addiction that he was struggling with. So he didn't get the help he needed. Instead, he thought that taking out, um, taking out the people would cure his, his temptation and eliminate the sinful nature. And it didn't, and it won't, and it doesn't. The people were merely vessels. And those foul spirits that were on anybody, if there were any, and on this young man, I would say there probably was. Um, and it's unfortunate. Okay, and we should be praying over the young man. We should be praying over those families. Glory to God. But this, this is what I'm talking about. If we can't distinguish the person from the sin, and we can't uh, behave one way to the sin, okay, because that sin is an abomination to God, but then be walk in love with the person, then uh, we have this situation where our actions are wrong. Our actions are damaging. They're destructive. Look at this. Let me go back up. We're going to come right back down. We just hit Romans 5.5, 5, but I touched on this. Okay. When you go back up here to the top and you will see the person as the enemy. Now, when I said it could also be said this way, when I hate the person, I walk in destruction. When I walk in destruction, I persuade others to walk with me. We got to watch that because we don't want to be walking in destruction. We want to be walking in love. Now, now I pray this young man, may the Lord help him. It's just, it's a terrible situation. And I pray that the Lord is with each and every one of those families. Um, it, it's just, it's a terrible situation, but this is how the devil works. You give him an inch, he'll take a foot. You allow him space in your head, he's going to take over and he's going to start making you think uh, twisted, perverted, corrupted thoughts, which are going to lead to twisted, corrupted, perverted actions. Okay? And so we want to watch that. This is a warning sign. Now, I'm not really doing this series because of that situation, but that situation is very recent and it it is unfortunately an example of hating the person and, and not separating the person from the sin. And Jesus tells us, love your enemy. Do good to those that despitefully use you. And they persecute you. Do good to them. And it, it, it's hard. That's why we're going through this. We have to have our uh, vertical alignment, our spiritual alignment in in the right order. So we are first and foremost, we are spirit. God created us spirit. 
Now, we have a soul, that's the mind, the will, and the emotions, and we have a body, that's the vessel that we occupy right now. Now, when our body passes and we, our spirit, leaves our spirit and our mind, we're still going to have our mind, guys. We're still going to have our soul. The spirit and soul is, is going to be eternal. That's what makes hell so scary. <laughs> because those emotions, okay, those are still going to be with you. And so all of that terror and everything that's in, in hell, no, forget it. I, I, I'm not going there. Don't need it. I don't. Glory to God. So let's get back in here. Like I said, we, we just need to be careful what we're doing and try to walk in love. Don't walk in destruction. Walk in love. Um, figure out a way to, to do a timeout. Because if you feel yourself getting over, you're into anger, you're into hatred, uh, but you haven't acted on it yet, let your action be a timeout. Hit the pause button. Get away for a moment. Whatever you got to do um, to... Give yourself a moment to put all of that in the right space so that your spirit's still in charge and that your your soul and your body do not act without the authority of the spirit. And if they if you get your body and your soul to to uh, in such a condition that they don't act until they have permission from the spirit, then the spirit's not going to let them do things that they shouldn't. And, and that's important. So let's look at Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. This says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. Now, I put that in there because I want you to see because it's part of the process, right? We talked about repentance, turn away from the sin, turn to God. We talked about salvation, receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, confessing him with your mouth, receiving him in your heart. We talked about the Holy Spirit's going to come and indwell you, all right? The self-same spirit that was in Jesus is going to come and indwell you, all right? And now we see, you know, that indwelling and everything, there is a mission, Okay, and part of the mission is what I got right here. Spread the word. Witness to people. Get people saved. Be out there and spread the word of God so that people will hear it and receive it. Each one of us is going to be attractive to different people, which is why no one man can save the whole world other than Jesus. And it's through him. So if we're if we're uh, paying attention to the Holy Spirit, we're going to know. But you get out there and you witness to somebody. They're going to uh, react to you a couple of different ways. One, maybe you're the one that that is attractive to them. Your porch lights on, like a you know. You think about it that way. You've got the outside light on, and all the moths are flocking to it. Well, there are those who are going to come through you into Christ because 
they are attracted to your light. And there are those who are going to not be attracted to your light, be, be attracted to your neighbor's light. And, and that, that's perfectly good. It's not who witnesses to him. It's the one Christ, the one Jesus that gets him saved. The one Holy Spirit, the one God, the Father. It's, it's not about man. All right. So, so don't, don't put that on yourself. Um, and don't get caught up in it. Don't, you know, glory to God. Just know that it's Jesus and he doesn't want any to be lost. So let's move on from there. Let's cover how do we love our enemies when we can't stand the things they do? And, and this is a challenge, right? We've been talking about it a lot. And here's what I wrote down. I can be compassionate to the fallen man, but I can have no compassion for the sin. I told you the other day I saw a book, the man's face on the cover. Um, what the Lord told me later on, because it, it did, it irritated me, annoyed me. All the things this man has done against God, um, his sin in, in his sinful nature. And, and I, I, like I said, I went into praying and everything right away. And, and a little bit later, after I got quiet and I relaxed a little bit, the Lord said to me, and I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inner witness, I want you to have compassion for that man. Not his sin, but I want you to have compassion for that man. And it, one, it kind of shocked me. It surprised me because, like I said, I'd gotten over it. I'd relaxed. I wasn't even thinking on it. And, and because I was quiet, he was able to speak to me. But he just made me realize that too many times it is way too easy for me or anybody to get into a position where we, we start looking at the man and not the sinful nature. So I can, so I can take time and I can leave that man and I go, okay, so there's a, there's this foul spirit on him. And, and unfortunately he has received it, whether he ever knew better or not. I can't say, I don't know the man that well. Okay. I've not walked in his shoes, but what I can say is that, for him to be saved, I have to separate him from his sin. I can't be looking at the sin because I'll never want to pray over him. All right. So I can rebuke the devil for his sin. I can bind the devil and say, hey, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, you take your hands off of him. And and that may or may not be effective, right? There's so many variables in that. But if I don't at least attempt to bind him, and to loose the word of God in this man's life, then, you know, I, I'm disobedient. I'm being angry over the man and not paying attention to what I should be paying attention to, which is the sin. And so, um, again, I can be compassionate to the fallen man. And look, guys, if you want somebody to be forgiving of you, to be compassionate towards you, to have empathy for something you're going through, 
You've got to learn to be compassionate for others. You've got to be, you've got to learn to be forgiving of others in the proper way and, and to have empathy for others, not necessarily sympathy, but empathy. And so you don't want to be caught up because you'll, you'll, uh, you'll, what'll happen is you'll actually do the things that you're complaining about. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to be sucked into somebody else's destruction uh, through loose lips. And and so when we look at this, and I've got a lot of verses here. I actually was a little surprised at what, what came up. And this is all Old Testament verses. But when you look at this, so when God hates, he hates sin. Let me move this up just a little bit. You get a better picture. It's an abomination to him. So let's look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. It says, you shall not do so to the Lord your God for every abomination or sin to the Lord, which he hates. They have done to their gods. They have burned their sons and their daughters in the fires to their gods. So there's a sinful nature there that he hates, right? Deuteronomy 16, 22. You shall not set up for yourself any image which the Lord God your hates, or excuse me, the Lord your God hates. He's talking about idols here. Uh, Amos 5.15, hate evil and love good and establish justice at the gate. It may be, may then be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. So again, at the beginning, he says, hate evil and do or love good. And, and so we want to, we want to practice that. These are all great, um, witnesses, warnings, however you want to call it. So Amos six, verse eight, the Lord God has sworn by himself an oracle of the Lord, the God of hosts. I abhor the pride of Jacob and hate his palaces. So I will deliver up the city with all that is in it. And here we're looking at arrogance. We're looking at laziness. When you go into Amos 6 and you start reading on this, they had pretty much dismissed God. They'd gotten fat and lazy. Their uh, time had become so prosperous and, and uh, so abundant that they sat back like you'll see the the uh, when they do uh, Samson and Delilah commercials or something. You'll see a man laying on a couch and a woman feeding him grapes. And and that's kind of what we've gotten in here. See, so he's talking about that arrogance, that ease, that laziness, the complacency, you know, and no longer honoring the things of God but instead honoring the sinful nature. And so we need to separate that sin from the person. Let's look here. I've got down John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. And this is good. I like this. I picked this out for a reason. Okay, now This is all about Jesus. Now, early in the morning, he returned to the temple. Jesus did. All the people came to him, and he sat down, and he taught them. Now the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. When they had put her in the middle, they said to him, Teacher, 
this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now Moses's law, Moses in the law commanded us to stone such. But what do you say? So first of all, they were trying to lay a trap. They're they're trying to trick Jesus up. At this point, they don't really believe he's Jesus, even though he says he is. They don't believe him to be the Christ, the Messiah. And, And so, because honestly, if they had just ran with the answer they had, they would have stoned her and just been done with it. They never would have brought her before Jesus. Okay. So this is a trick for Jesus. And, and so they say, but what do you say? And it says, they said this testing him, if they may have something to which accusing, but Jesus, now notice this. Okay. He doesn't really like the Pharisees. He doesn't like their sinful nature. He doesn't like their arrogance. Okay. Amos six, eight, this is kind of what he was talking about there. And these Pharisees are, are kind of like that. They like the high places, the high seats, the fancy robes. You know, they like being invited to dinner because they are somebody of importance. And it, it's just, and so they rub him the wrong way, right? So what's Jesus do? The first thing he does, <laughs> glory to God, Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. He got quiet. He got quiet. Who knows what he wrote on the ground? May have been something, may may have been nothing. He may have been drawing a picture of a palm tree for for all we know, you know? but, But that wasn't it. He stopped. He paused. He hit the pause button. And he's, he's just getting quiet in himself and he's listening for the Holy Spirit. And then he says, so it goes on. So when they continued asking him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And then he stopped. He stooped down and he wrote on, wrote on the ground again. Now, being convicted by their conscience, those who heard it went out one by one, beginning with the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. So when Jesus had stood up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are your accusers? Did no one condemn you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So we see here, Jesus separated. First, he separated the sin from the Pharisees. Okay, the people of the Pharisees, the accusers. And and he, he was able to... Oh, how do I want to say this? It's not necessarily save them, but yes, he was able to keep them from getting over into destruction by saying to them, he who has no sin cast the first stone. And and that woke them up because they realized, and it says from the eldest to the youngest, well, the, the older guys, they're smart. They go, ooh. Um, 
I know the sin I have or the at, at this time because Jesus isn't reborn, so that sin's still there. I'm not going to have anything to do with this. And so they left. And of course, the young ones, excuse me, the young ones being young and brash and, and proudful and, and uh, immature, uh, they're going to be reluctant to leave because, man, we're right. We know we're right. Moses said we're right. So we have every right to go through this. And as they see the elders, I got to believe that as they see the elders start to leave one by one and it narrows down and it's smaller and smaller, they're starting to go, okay, wait a minute. I missed something. What's going on here? And, and yeah, maybe I better leave too. And they take off. So Jesus, even though he hated the, the sin, the hypocrisy that was on these Pharisees, these, these accusers, right? He diffused that destruction. He separated the destruction from them. And then for the woman, I mean, obviously, if she was caught in adultery, then she was in sin. And according to the law of Moses, yes, she should have been stoned. But, you know, like a lot of ministers will, uh, uh, will point out, where was the man in all of this who was laying with her because he's an adulterer, so he's just as guilty. But what did Jesus do for this woman? He diffused the situation. Not only did he have, have the situation changed to where all of the accusers left, but now he and she are sitting there quiet, and that allowed her brain to settle a little bit, and she's probably wondering what in the world's going to happen to me. Right. And then what, what Jesus said, but pay attention. So he separated the sin from the woman because when he answered her, he said, neither do I condemn you, the person. Go and sin no more. Now, I have condemned the sin and I'm telling you, don't do it anymore. OK, so he he did that. And it, it's such a great example Um Let's move on. We've got uh, bind the devil, loose God, pray for the person. And like I said, get yourself quiet so that you can do these things, whatever that looks like for you. So in Matthew 18, 18, it says, truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, excuse me, Matthew 18, 18, truly, I say to you. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we know we have the authority through Jesus Christ to bind and to loose. Now, Luke 13, verses 14 through 17, it says, But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and said to the people, There are six days which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on those days, but not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord Jesus answered him, You hypocrite! Does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? Then should not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound these 18 years, shouldn't she be loosed from this bondage on the Sabbath? 
When he said this, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So, And this was the woman who was bound over. She couldn't stand up for 18 years. And uh, he loosed her right there on the spot. So binding and loosing. And this speaks back to what I was talking about. If you, you know, sometimes you can bind what the devil is doing. I mean, here Jesus clearly bound. This woman was bound by the devil. Jesus clearly loosed this woman, I should say. So if somebody is bound by the devil, you can loose them. And, uh, I mean, there are other things that play into it. Like, unfortunately, some people can be uh, enthralled or in love with or uh, infatuated with, fascinated with a spirit that gets on them. And they don't want that spirit to go away. And so they will fight it. Because they want to keep that spirit. They're enjoying it. Uh, that's not everybody. That's a few. So there are some that, that you may not be able to lose, but for the most part, you should be able to. And Jesus pointed this out. And it's such a good thing. And then let's look at Mark. Because I want you to see. So there, these are different ways that spirits and, and stuff, the spirits go to work on people. Um the lady being bound, the Pharisees being hypocrites, okay? And that was an example of, uh, did you notice that the hypocrites weren't healed? They weren't cured. They, they, the demon wasn't cast out of them. They were ashamed. That was it. But the woman was loosed. See, those, those Pharisees, they weren't willing to give up the sin that they were in because they were, they were enjoying it. Now, if we look at Mark chapter five, verses one through eight, let's go through this real quick. It says, they went to the other side of the sea, to the region of the Gadarenes. When he had come out of the boat, and this is Jesus, immediately a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived among the tombs and no one could constrain him, not even with chains because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. But he had pulled the chains apart, and he had broken the shackles to pieces, and no one could subdue him. Always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. But when Jesus was afar off, he ran up and kneeled before him and cried out with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For Jesus said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So here's a man, he's he's tore up from the feet up. He's running around the graveyard naked 24 hours a day in torment. All right? This unclean spirit has has just really got him in a in a bad place. People don't want to be around him. He's screaming. He's hollering. He's crying out. He's, I mean, I, I can only imagine his fingers were just tore up from breaking the chains all the time and, and just constantly pulling at them and then cutting himself. Okay. And, and Jesus just, he loosed him. He said, come out of that man, you unclean spirit. Glory to God. 
Isn't that good? And if you go on and read, and I recommend you do, you'll see that it, uh, um, he went on to become a powerful witness. This man did. So God is the only one who can save. He's the only one that can deliver or change a person. So let's talk about you and me. Okay, if I want to change something in me, if I see something in me that I don't like, or I see something in me that I want more of, then I have to go to the Lord because I myself can't change it. I can create habits. I can break habits. I can create strongholds. I can break strongholds. Now, even strongholds, to break them properly, you need Jesus. Okay? And that's in Scripture. He, he tells you, <laughs> glory to God. <sighs> he is the yoke-breaking Jesus. And, and he told us, you know, take my yoke. It's light. And so if we're really going to change the strongholds, the uh, the chains of the enemy that are on us uh, through the generations, then then we need to make sure we're doing it through God, because we can't do it on our own. We we certainly cannot do it on our own. I can't. I tried. So let's take smoking. I smoked, and quite a few years ago, probably a decade by now. I decided once and for all, because I'd quit many, many times and picked it back up, whether it was cigarettes or cigars, it didn't matter. And the last time I said, okay, Lord, it was Advent one year and they were telling us we need to give up something for Advent. And and uh, I was at that point. I just, I didn't want to smoke anymore. And, but it was such a habit. I mean, you'd eat a meal, you'd want a cigarette. And, and uh, you, you would, uh, Drink a beer, you'd want a cigarette. You'd drink this, you'd want a cigarette. You'd do that, you'd want a cigarette. Whatever it was. And so those habits, those strongholds that were developed, right? And so I just said to the Lord, look, I'm giving this up. Right here, right now, because I don't want it anymore. And I need your help, Lord. It's the one time. And I only had to ask once, the one time that I asked the Lord to help me with it and truly let him help me with it. Now, was it instant? No. But within a month, I was done. I can't stand to be around cigarette smoke. I don't like it. it it's it's gross to me now. And, and we're talking, this is probably a decade ago. And so when I truly wanted to change, I got God involved. And it's that way for anything. If you have uh, any kind of issue, any kind of addiction, uh, you can you can go to God and say, "Look, I'm so tired of this." And we're not begging; we're just going to go to Him. You know, Your Word says that You sent Your Word and You healed them and You delivered them from their destructions. Well, smoking is a destruction. Drug addiction, that's a uh, destruction, you know. Um, 
Cancer is a sickness. It's a disease. It's, it's to be healed. And, and so on. And, and we can just take and lay it before the Lord and be serious and let him work in us. But we have to pay attention to him. Let him work in us. He can change it. He is the creator. Glory to God. That's good. So let's look at John chapter 5, verse 19. It says, And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, likewise the Son does. And I put that in there to point out. If Jesus said he could do nothing of himself, then it's the same for us. We can do nothing of ourselves. We have to get God involved. Now, here's some questions for you to think about. And, you know, I don't know. Over time, you'll you'll kind of pick out some things and, and you'll go, ooh, I don't like that. But what does the devil see in you? Does he see someone that is native to him? And we mean native, it means somebody who, who walks with him, who is like him. What's the devil seeing you? Does he see a person that is saved but powerless and fearful? This is big, guys. There's a lot of people in the Church of Christ. They've received salvation, but they are... Um, they're still in the milk. They, they haven't gotten beyond salvation or they haven't gone beyond just a superficial growth. And so fear still has a great power over them. And they, they feel powerless and they get anxious and all of that. And we need to, if you're somebody like that, you're, you're staying in one place too long. You need to uh, get with your pastor you need to get in the Word of God. You need to read and, and grow and be intentional about it. And we'll, we'll talk about a growth plan here in a minute. So what's the devil seeing you? Does he see a person who looks and walks and talks like Jesus? Because that's what he should see. When he looks at you and me, he should see Jesus. And it makes him... Quake in his boots because he is defeated. Jesus not only defeated him, he paraded him around in an embarrassing fashion just to make sure, you know, that everybody knew, look, he is defeated. The only power he has is what we as men and women can give him. And truly, we shouldn't want to give him any. All right, so let's talk about making a growth plan. You want to make a growth plan and be intentional. Um, so salvation, like we talked about earlier, repent, receive, grow. Repent, turn to God. Receive Jesus, get in the Word, get with your pastor, and grow. Don't, don't just stay in the milk. The milk is... That's for when you come in. It's like a baby. A baby's born. A baby's got to have milk because their system is not developed enough yet. It's not grown enough yet to handle solid food. They, they get older and they age, you know, and they grow. And, and sooner or later, they're starting to take a little solid food with their milk. And then they're taking all solid food with their, 
you know, with the milk, you don't ever give up the milk, but you move from milk to solid food. Okay. It goes from being your main sustenance to being just a supplement. In addition to. But get into the solid food. There are 66 books in the Word of God. Get in them. If you're uh, if you're fairly new to the Word of God, stay in the New Testament. Read it through three, four times. Okay? Read the Psalms. Read the Proverbs. But stay out of the Old Testament until you get a good, solid foundation of who Jesus is and, and what he did for you. And then you can start delving into the Old Testament. It'll make it easier for you. But look at two... Walk in victory. I told you earlier, Jesus was the one who claimed victory over Satan. We are adopted sons and daughters. We we are joint heirs in Christ. So his victory is our victory. We need to walk in that victory. Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. And he meant it. Everything. It's finished. Give no place to the devil. Jesus finished it. We need to honor God in the things of God. So if we're having an issue honoring the things of God, I used to take the Lord's name in vain all the time before I got saved and started growing, right? And uh, everybody did it. Cuss, swear, the whole nine yards. Everybody did it. And and now it's very seldom, you know, do I, well, I never take the Lord's name in vain, but I've given that up. Which is great because and, and the urge to do so is not even there. Okay. And so I, I'm honoring the things of God. That can be your pastor. It can be your deacons, your elders. Uh, it could be your brothers and sisters in the Lord. It could be the things that the Lord gives you. Maybe it's that car he gave you, that house he gave you. You know, it doesn't matter how expensive or how cheap. The item is, and cheap's not a a good word to use with God, but I'm saying uh, comparatively the amount of money spent, whether it is uh, a $300 watch or it's a $30,000 car, that doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if it's a $10 watch. If it came to you through the moving of Christ, through the moving of God, then it's something to be honored. And share the Word of God. That's the last part there. Share the Word of God. So guys, get with your pastors. Okay? And if you're not yet planted in a good church, find one. Find one. Um, There are a lot of good churches out there. Right now, with everything that's going on, there are a lot of ministries like mine that are online, and you can get into it. Um, And you can go back, and you you can listen to podcasts and watch videos. And, and things like that. Video on demand is really big right now. The podcast, the archives, they're there. And and just put an effort into growing. Um, maybe, you know, while you're driving to work, listen to something. While you're driving home, listen to something. You're on your lunch hour, listen to something. Read something. Don't read and drive. I don't know how people do that out there. I don't recommend it. Don't read and drive. Read on your lunch hour when you sit still and listen to audios when you're driving. Whatever it is. Listen to them in the morning when you're getting ready for work. 
but feed yourself, grow yourself. And if there's anything I can help you with, reach out to me. I showed you the contact page, right? Let me go back up here and I'll show you again, right? There's contact page. Just go there, truepatriotministries.org and contact us, reach out. And you see here, uh, let me go over to the podcast page and I'll show you this one I'm talking about here because here is all of the podcasts. You can scroll through there. Uh, it's on Apple iTunes and it's, I mean, there are so many through Buzzsprout. I have access to so many apps out there for the podcast. So you're sure to find me on one of the podcasts. Just go out there and look and see. And uh, yeah. And like I said, be sure to come visit the webpage. Okay. I update it uh, quite often, at least twice a week. It's updated because I have to update it to get on the blog page. My notes. See here, love your enemy. That's the podcast and, and the, the video we're doing right now. It's right there. It's there for you so that you can go in and you can see the verses. So if you didn't get something written down, you can go back. You can find this. You can write it down. If you can get it to print out, print it out. Doesn't matter to me. I'm good with it. There's archives right here. You can go back to January if you want to. And you can look at uh, Faith, Hope, Love. Great series. Okay. There's so many of them in there. Even if you just go in and, I mean, the notes aren't going to do you as much good as the audio or the videos will. But it's it's there for you. Okay. And that's what I want you to get out of this. The resources are there for you. Again, great place to go is right here in Neighborhoods. Um, there are so many books. So many books. Kenneth E. Hagan. You can go over here, right here to Faith. That's Rama. Go to their store. You can find Kenneth E. Hagan books there. You can go to Mardell. They carry them. Uh, Christian Bookstore carries them. You can go to thriftbooks.com and get them also used. And so those are places that you can go to. Uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries. They they have a lot of stuff that you can get free monthly. Okay. More Life Ministries. Um, that's right here, Faith School. More Life Ministries. He, he gives his, he calls it word supplies. So all of his recordings are free. You can download them. Guys, these are great ministers. That's Keith Moore. Okay, Believers Academy. This is uh, Eagle Mountain Church and Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and they do little videos. I mean, this is cool. Uh, Believers Academy is fun. Faith School is fun. Uh, Victory Channel. You can twenty four seven, spirit filled word, twenty four seven. All kinds of ministers. Creflo Dollar, uh, Mark Hankins, Mac Hammond. Uh, there are so so many. Jeremy Pearsons. Uh, glory to God, I'm, I know I'm, and, and that's only like three or four out of all of them. Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle, uh, Bill Winston, Bill Winston. He's good. Okay. All of these guys are on there. Uh, so, so go on there and check it out. Get fed people. And if you want to start mixing, um, your constitutional rights, declaration of independence and history along with your spiritual life, Okay, there's the Founders Bible, and that's through Wall Builders. And I do recommend go check out Wall Builders. They've got some resources that are excellent. So 
Hope this helped you. I had fun with this. Uh, it's the first time I've used Zoom to do this. I don't, we'll see how it, it works out. If I like the results, maybe I do it again. But I do enjoy being able to show you occasionally so that you can see what I'm talking about when I say, hey, go to my webpage. Now you've seen it. So anyway, love you guys. I hope you, you received a good word today. And uh, remember, Ministry Shorts every Wednesday, five minutes or less with Scripture. Again, contact page. Go in there. Send me a Scripture if you want to talk about a Scripture. I'll cover it. No problem. Uh, and then every Sunday, we do a full-length podcast. So this podcast here, even though this is Saturday and I'm recording it, it will be released uh, tonight at midnight, which is technically Sunday. And it'll be there for you. So uh, I enjoy this. Guys, be blessed. I, I, I do. I, I truly pray, Lord, bless these people. Bless them richly. And may they receive from you wisdom, Lord, and revelation, uh, knowledge, and understanding. Glory to God. Glory to God. I thank you for them, Lord. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, have a great day.